Chapter 5 of Hearts of Controversy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hearts of Controversy by Alice Maynell. Charmian. She is not Cleopatra, but she is at least Charmian, wrote Keats conscious that his damsel was not in the vanward of the pageant of ladies one may divine that he counted the ways wherein she was not cleopatra the touches whereby she fell short of and differed from nay in which she mimicked the queen in like manner many of us have for some years past boasted of our appreciation of the inferior beauty the substitute the waiting gentlewoman of corrupt or corruptible heart keats confessed but did not boast it is a vaunt now an emulation who shall discover her beauty who shall discern her she is most conspicuous in the atmosphere in smoke effects in the lurid the mystery such are the perfervid words but let us take the natural and authentic light of our symbol of cleopatra her sprightly port her infinite jest her bluest vein her variety her lot o eastern star men in cities look upward not much more than animals and these except the dog when he bays the moon look skyward not at all the events of the sky do not come and go for the citizens do not visibly approach and withdraw threaten and pardon they merely happen and even when the sun so condescends as to face them at the level of their own horizon say upon the western end of bayswater road when he searches out the eyes that have neglected him all day finds a way between their narrowing lids looks straight into their unwelcoming pupils explores the careful wrinkles singles and numbers the dull hairs even i say to sudden sunset in our dim climate the londoner makes no reply he would rather look into puddles than into the pools of light among clouds yet the light is as characteristic of a country as is its landscape so that i would travel for the sake of a character of early morning for a quality of noonday or a tone of afternoon or an accident of moonrise or a colour of dusk at least as far as for a mountain a cathedral rivers or men the light is more important than what it illuminates when mr tomkins a person of dickens earliest invention calls his fellow boarders from the breakfast-table to the window and with emotion shows them the effect of sunshine upon the left side of a neighbouring chimney-pot he is far from cutting the grotesque figure that the humorist intended to point out to banter i am not sure that the chimney-pot with the pure light upon it was not more beautiful than a whole black greek or a whole black gothic building in the unadulterated light of a customary london day nor is the pleasure that many writers and a certain number of painters tell us they owe to such adulteration anything other than a sign of derogation in a word a pleasure in a secondary thing are we the better artists for our preference for the waiting woman it is a strange claim 
the search for the beauty of the less beautiful is a modern enterprise ingenious in its minor pranks insolent in its greater and its chief ignobility is the love of marred defiled disordered dulled and imperfect skies the skies of cities some will tell us that the unveiled light is too clear or sharp for art so much the worse for art but even on that plea the limitations of art are better respected by natural mist cloudy gloom of natural rain natural twilight before night or natural twilight corrows before a day than by the artificial dimness of our unlovely towns those too who praise the mystery of smoke are praising rather a mystification than a mystery and must be unaware of the profounder mysteries of light light is all mystery when you face the sun and every particle of the innumerable atmosphere carries its infinitesimal shadow moreover it is only in some parts of the world that we should ask for even natural veils in california we may not because the light is too luminous but because it is not tender clear and not tender in california tender and not clear in england light in italy and in greece is both tender and clear when one complains of the ill luck of modern utilities the sympathetic listener is apt to agree but to agree wrongly by denouncing the electric light as something modern to be deplored but the electric light is the one success of the last century it is never out of harmony with natural things villages ancient streets of cities where it makes the most beautiful of all street lighting swung from house to opposite house in genoa or rome with no shock except a shock of pleasure does the judicious traveller entering some small subalpine hamlet find the electric light fairly sparingly spaced slung from tree to tree over a little road and note it again in the frugal wine-shop and solitary and clear over the church portal yet forsooth if yielding to the suggestions of your restless hobby you denounce in any company the spoiling of your italy the hearer calling up a mumping visonomy thinks he echoes your complaint by his sigh ah yes the electric light you meet it everywhere now so modern so disenchanting it is on the contrary enchanting it is as natural as lightning by all means let all the waterfalls in all the alps be harnessed as the lamentation runs if their servitude gives us electric light for thus the power of the waterfall kindles a lovely lamp all this is done by the simple force of gravitation the powerful fall of water wonderful all that water coming down cried the tourist at niagara and the irishman said why wouldn't it he recognized the simplicity of that power it is a second-rate passion that for the waterfall and often exacting in regard to visitors from town i trudged unwillingly said dr johnson and was not sorry to find it dry it was very very second-rate of an american admirer of scenery to name a waterfall in the yosemite valley and it bears the name to-day the bridal veil 
his indian predecessor had called it because it was most audible in menacing weather the voice of the evil wind in fact your cascade is dearer to every sentimentalist than the sky standing near the folding over place of niagara at the top of the fall i looked across the perpetual rainbow of the foam and saw the whole further sky deflowered by the formless edgeless languid abhorrent murk of smoke from the nearest town much rather would i see that water put to use than the sky so outraged as it is only by picking one's way between cities can one walk under or as it were in a pure sky the horizon in venice is thick and ochreous and no one cares the sky of milan is defiled all round in england i must choose a path alertly and so does now and then a wary fortunate fastidious wind that has so found this exact uncharted way between this smoke and that as to clear me a clean moonrise and heavenly heavens there was an ominous prophecy to charmian you shall outlive the lady whom you serve she has outlived her in every city in europe but only for the time of setting straight her crown the last civility she could not live but by comparison with the queen end of chapter five recording by alan mapstone in oxford england